This episode is brought to you by Rick's Eyewear. Eyewear that inspires confidence. If you would like to buy some premium eyewear, sunglasses, blue light frames, prescription, head online now, rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. Caps has been Australia's home of headwear since 2012. From snapback to fitted, curved peak to flat peak, our hats will fit anyone and everyone. Since then, we've grown and evolved into the leaders of US sports apparel in Australia. Head online at caps.com.au and check it out. Righto, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Tommy Talks, brought to you by Osmerican Aces. Today we've got another massive guest, Daniel Patrick, the man, the brand, is in town. We're very lucky. He's here for a two-day trip, a work trip, um, and we've been able to snag him in the van. So yeah, really excited. You're going to learn a lot. If you're into your fashion, uh, you want to start a brand, or you just love American sport, this guy has his brand on all the superstars. He has some incredible stories, and I can't wait for you to hear them all. So uh, yeah, really excited for you to check this one out. While I've got you, I just want to make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Like, you know, it makes a massive difference for us. Um, so like, subscribe, keep spreading the word, keep sending in your feedback. I got a lot last week for Jeremy Cameron and I'm passing them on to him and he's loving him. Um, let's keep building the community and uh, yeah, that's all from me. So make sure you sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Well, Daniel, uh, thank you so much for your time. It's great to have you on the podcast. Welcome back to Melbourne. Yeah, thanks, man. I haven't been here since I was five, so it's good to... Really? Good to, yeah, so I kind of feel like I haven't really been here, but, you know, yeah, definitely good to be back. You literally arrived this morning, didn't you? Yeah, I got off the plane this morning. Uh, I was up at 4.30 this morning in Sydney getting ready and, you know, kind of uh, flew in. It was a quick trip, so, yeah. Just business? Business and pleasure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's so. beautiful. And um, Toddy's last night, great feed, a few Amazing. beers. Uh, I don't drink. Don't yeah. drink. Nah. That's cool. It's just water. <laughs> that's, that's why you're so good at what you do. You're yeah. efficient. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I haven't, um, I've never really been a drinker. Um, so even when I was playing sport, you know, obviously that kind of makes a big difference for me. So, um, and then just in life, I'm like, I, I enjoy life. I don't really need that. So, um, just always how I've been, you know, I, um, I like it. People think it's strange, you know, mm. an Australian that doesn't drink beer. You know, so but that's all good. Well, yeah. it's actually changing. You're seeing a lot of non-alcoholic beers these days, and they're they're really going off. And it just says there's a lot of people that want it. Yeah. So you're not alone, man. It's just a lot, I think a lot of people just you know there's a stigma there that they don't feel comfortable saying they don't drink. But yeah, I don't think anyone cares anymore. You yeah, are, you yeah, do I mean, what you want. Yeah, yeah. I was having a chat with some guys yesterday. They used to play footy with, and um, and th- you know they were all like, you know, that was how I was, and you know they they deep down they. They kind of respect you for it, and you know that's pretty cool because, uh, you know, it isn't it isn't something easy to to do, especially in that culture, in the Australian culture, sports culture. It's kind mm-hmm. of big, but yeah, you know, that's just how I've been, and that's how it is. So. It's uh, it's great. Now, mate, yeah. oh, there's a lot to get through. There's obviously you as the person, and then you as the brand. You've done such an amazing job. Congratulations. Oh, um, you know, everyone follows you, and being an Aussie as well, it's pretty cool to see what you're doing uh, based on Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles. Yeah. Let's just start with you growing up. Where did you grow up? And um, yeah, talk to me about your upbringing. So I grew up in Sydney, um, well, Marrickville, and then we moved down to the Sutherland Shire. Um, so we basically lived there until, um, you know, basically until I moved to America. So that was at a young age. And then, um, I was just brought up on sport really. Um, so I did anything, swimming, athletics, um, 
I did a, I did a little bit of AFL cricket. Rugby league was my main sport. Um, bodyboarding, skateboarding, you name it, we did it. And that's just what you grow up on um, in Australia, really. You know, it's like such a small country, and you see us in like all well, the Commonwealth Games right now, leading the medal tally. Um, Olympics, we we always do decent for for the size of the nation that we are. Um, yeah, you know, that's just what we grew up on, and and that was a good part of life, and. You kind of see that coming into my clothing. It's kind of um, authentic with me. So it's, yeah. It is. It is. And speaking of sportsmen, you have some of the biggest names in the world that, that wear your stuff. That must be so rewarding day on, you know, day in, day out to see the names that, that rock Daniel Patrick. Yeah, no, it's, it's very cool because I grew up, um, you know, obviously with one eye on America. Um, and, you know, Michael Jordan was big when I was a kid and, I guess with every kid at that time, and you keep an eye, you keep an eye on that. And that was kind of where I first got interested in America, and then to go over there and to be working with NBA players and NFL players, and um, it's you know really good experience and something that's rewarding, and it's kind of like it feels like you come full circle a little bit because going into fashion, people think oh it's like kind of the opposite of of being an athlete. But it doesn't really. It didn't really have to be. Um, so it, that's kind of cool in a way. Yeah, and yeah. You, you, I've seen you courtsided a few games. It must be really cool to mix that business with pleasure. Yeah. Um, and see the boys rock up in Daniel Patrick pre-game, and they obviously take premium photos. It, it, they allow the. This is what I love about American sport is they allow the the athletes to wear what they want. They yeah. don't make them wear the club colors, and when they do wear the club colors, it's even cooler. Yeah. But they wear you know brands, and then you know brands like your own they shine. That's what I like about it. Cause, um, in Australia, there's a, you, you're not really, you, you're kind of conforming to the group. And I get that in a way too. It's kind of like, it's more, the club is bigger and it should be that way. You know, the club is bigger than the personality, but at the same time, these guys are allowed to shine and have their own personality and be their own brand. And, um, yeah, I think I would like to see that happen more in Australia as well. And I think, I'd like to I'd like to help that happen as well. <laughs> Mate, I'm with you. With the sunglass yeah. brand, we get your clothing brand. It's exactly what players want as well. I, don't, yeah. I think they're pushing for it, but with the, I guess the industry's not as big as the American ones and you know the franchises. They just don't have the strings to pull. But yeah, when it happens, it'd be yeah. You'd see the Harry Himmelbergs and the Timmy Taranos of the world, mate. They'd be rocking it, no doubt. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think um, the tunnel walk would be to bring that into the AFL, the NRL. The rugby, I think, would be a really good thing, and I can, I, you see, kind of, um, you see it like in a little, in little ways that they're trying to make it happen, but you know, it'd be great to see it like a full blown thing, and yeah. But like I said, I get the, the club mentality, um, but also I like the, I like a mix of that where the where the guy can be his own brand, and but that's just that's just a bit of our cultural upbringing is always kind of, it's very humble, you know, in mm. in Australia and. Americans um, have always been, you know, the confident and um, their own, you know, their own person really. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I'd like to see. <laughs> do they, uh, do they love hanging out, you know, cause you are, like you said, you're from Australia, you're different to, to how they've been brought up. Do they love the fact that you've got this humble kind of Australian culture behind you? So when they come in the store, they get the accent, they get all that kind of culture when they walk in and, and see the brand. Well, some of them, um, like don't know that I'm Australian and then they hear the accent and they're like, oh, where, where's your accent from? And then that becomes part of the conversation. But, you know, I, I just always um, show an interest in the person that I'm dealing with and 
and we just have good conversations and about life and sport and all that. Like I, I didn't, I didn't make it all the way, but I kind of went into the fashion area um, earlier than like I went into my career with, with footy. Um, so I basically, but I do have an understanding of being an athlete, and you know, because when you're coming up through lower grades, um, it is pretty intense the training you do. So you do have some idea of what they go through, obviously on a on a smaller scale but um so i do have some understanding with them so you can kind of connect with them on those things but you know all the players that i've dealt with all super nice and um i think that's something that you need to be to be successful is you know being a good person and um especially when you're playing in a team environment you know, it always helps so yeah you're right it's that if you're in a team i haven't really met many bad blokes and if they are you know if they are an average person, they get told pretty quickly they need to change their ways and they, they generally do. So yeah. you're spot on. Um, let's go back to you as a person, as a rugby star growing up. Talk to me a bit about your career because um, I didn't know I don't know much about this and I'm yeah. really interested. I don't know if I was a rugby star, but one of the things that I, in life, I always feel like that I can be the best at something, um, whether outside people think that or not. I just backed myself. Um, so when I played league, um, I basically, you know, I, I was aiming to be the best. And whether I reach that that point, I'm obviously going to get further trying to be the best than just trying to be average, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, yeah, maybe I, I aim to be the best, but I end up being, you know, decent, you know, and that's um, – yeah, I'm not aiming to be decent, but like, you know, you're obviously going to get further the higher you, the higher you aim for. And if you aim for mediocrity, you're going to get mediocrity or less. So, yeah. um, so I just kind of trained with that mentality and I knew that, um, I knew my limitations and I, I just, I just love that you could work on something, especially in sport. It's like you can work on something and you can see it come to fruition in a game. And that's like, so I would work on like the minute details of, um, of everything like from I went to a sports high school in Sydney and I just lent into every opportunity that I had um I was with the roosters and you know at a young age I would go after school I'd do the weight training with them I had a sprint coach at school I'd go utilize him at lunchtime I'd utilize him after school and you know you you would get a yard extra in pace and that was and that's that's a big deal you know and so if I was getting these little one percenters everywhere um from practicing the passing of the football, um, sprint coaching, weight training, you're going to get better. You're going to do better than um, what you have been doing. So when I went into fashion, you kind of come in from that background of working hard and knowing that you can improve um, and you just apply that same philosophy and principle to um, to fashion or anything you're doing you know, to get better. So, yeah. I was just about to say, does it, is there a correlation between all those incremental gains into your brand? And you've just touched on it, which is, yeah. which is great. And, um, and when you, with your brand, when did you identify, well, more so with you, when did you identify that you are this super creative dude growing up? When was the, when did this spark hit you and go, you know what? I have a real eye for fashion and, and this luxury sportswear as a category. Um, I don't know, like the like same with sport. I don't know. I was never the most creative or whatnot, but I always dressed good. I could always put together an outfit and I always kind of got the attention of the, well, the team that I was like, the players and the team, like they would, 
whether they would uh, make fun of you or, but it wasn't really that. It was just kind of like different. Yeah, it was. It was just different. Um, I didn't. I think back then you probably took it the wrong way, but at the same time, um, there'll be some guys that'll be like, "Oh, that's really cool." You know, I couldn't wear that, but like, that's fucking cool that you can wear that. And um, and I, I kind of enjoyed that, just like you know, creating that effect on people and um, and setting an example and showing a way that okay, you don't have to you don't have to conform to what everyone else is doing. Like same with the drinking, you know, um, mm. I just kind of, um, march to the beat of my own drum in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And express yourself differently. Yeah. People get a bit, you know, especially in Australia, like yeah. you said, America, I feel like you can be as flamboyant as you can wear anything in America. I feel like Australia, as soon as you wear something a bit out there, they're like, have a look at this bloke. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It, and that's the thing. Like, it, you go to America and it's just you you normal you know it's just like no one really notices anything different it's just but that yeah. that's what's really cool about America for me and it was just kind of um I thought the best place for me to to go and do my brand and um launch and and yeah, yeah and like I said I always had an interest in going there um when you play rugby league or you know even AFL or something like that it's not really a place that you can go and play your sport professionally so when I kind of decided to do fashion, I was that was one of the things I was really excited about because I'm like, now I can go and I can go and do it in America because that was always a place where I wanted to be, and now I have that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into the brand because um, okay. I'm really interested to see how you started it. Yeah. it, it it's one thing to, to have the vision and then to you know get it off the ground, but to be on Melrose Avenue and you. I mean, your website says you're in 50 boutique stores around the world. There's probably more to have all the athletes that wear your stuff consistently. This is all started back in 2011, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of water that goes under the bridge. So I'd love you to take, because there's a lot of people that look up to you um, because you've done such a fantastic job. We all want to know, how did you start it? How, how did you just go, you know, you've obviously, I think you started by visiting and getting some inspiration back in 09. Yeah. So I took a few trips back and forth and, um, kind of got inspired. And at first I was like, uh, should I work for somebody first? And then I kind of just liked the idea of doing my own thing because, um, I could, I could be, I could just comfortably do what I wanted to do, whether good or bad or, or, you know, um, I just had, I could just do it how I wanted to do it and fail, get up again and, and kind of go at it again and keep going. And, um, that's just how I felt. Like, I don't know if I felt like I needed to work for somebody else. I just wanted to do my own thing. And, um, I went to school for a year in Sydney on, in fashion, um, kind of just getting basics, you know, cause I hadn't, I had coming from footy. I didn't mm. just knew I wanted to do it. And, um, yeah, basically wanted to, get into fashion so how do I do it okay take a class okay work some jobs retail all these different things and eventually they all meet at some point where it's like okay open in your own store you know how to run a store you know how to sell um you know how to do logistics because I, I ran logistics for a denim company in Sydney um you know so it kind of it all goes together um but yeah just basically I went over 2011, I was working construction for my uncle's company and I was just a bit over it and um, just booked a flight. I had been, my wife, I had been, um, or she wasn't my wife at the time, but I had been talking to her, um, you know, we were kind of on a long distance relationship 
and I said, I just gotta gotta go for this. So I had a a plan just to go over there and and you get a ninety day visa and just work it out. You know, I was like, I in that three months, I'm gonna work out how I can stay there and be there and you know, kind of do my do my brand and go. Just kind of just went all in and just had to make it make it happen. And, and it wasn't easy, like because I basically. I went over there with no money, um, mm. two suitcases and just the dream really. Um, and yeah. That's how it always starts. <laughs> and that's why it's so impressive. Yeah. When did you meet your beautiful partner, Jenny? Um, we met early in 2011. Yeah. So yeah, we basically, when I moved over there, it was kind of a crazy story. We got off the plane, moved in together, like got an apartment, like she had got the apartment sorted before we went. Like and then so we moved into this new apartment together and then um, whereabouts was it? It was in Silver Lake, yeah, but not like a not like a really cool part mm. of Silver Lake, but um, but yeah, it was still it was close to it was in LA for me. That was that was all I needed. I just, yeah, and it was decent. So we moved in and then three months within three months we got married. Um, and you know got my green card. Um, and you know we've been married for over ten years now, and we got two kids and. She's a big part of the success of the business. Um, she's a CEO and, you know, she she's a really good foil for me because you know, she basically keeps me accountable and basically gets me to do things that I wouldn't particularly do, you know, like different events and all that stuff, you know, because I'm not into that. And then when I go to those things and then I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad I did that and probably wouldn't have done those things without her um, kind of pushing me towards them. So it's been great, you know, in that sense. So Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So you were natural, naturally a shy, introvert kind of guy? Uh, i just not really into that, all that yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty just – I'd rather just keep my head down and do work, but mm. it's a bit hard in this business because you need to be out there. Um, Hype it up a bit and – Yeah, and it's and not really – it's not really – kind of natural to me um but you know i'm confident more now about it and doing that and i see the value of it to get where i want to go um business wise and um you know you look at ralph lauren and stuff like that like they're the face of their brands tom ford they're the face of the brand and people buy into the to the face of the brand you know and that's um that's something that i kind of uh you know want to lean into and that's just yeah it's been successful doing that and yeah yeah it's great well it is your name and it is exactly, your face yeah. so you kind of have to and it's yeah. good that you got that um you know that team it it, it does help being it being held accountable but also to get pushed into things and then see the results it's yeah. it's, it's a great um yeah it's a great little team and family obviously as well back to when you started you said you went there with no money now this is the thing that everyone always wants with business and all that did you start real lean did you get investment? How did you How did you get this thing off the ground? Because um, it does take a little bit of yeah, it does take capital. Cash. So when I went over there, I basically I don't even I, I borrowed some money from a friend in 2011, and um, it was my wife's friend actually, um, and that got us samples done and whatnot. And then we basically I don't know how we did it in the end, but. I just had to get the first production over the line. Once we got that done, you know, I basically put it in stores and then it sold, took that money, put it into more stock, you know, kind of, and started going like that. Um, so, 
but I just remember, I remember I'd meet with people and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I, I, then I went around and I sold to friends too. I was like, look, I'm trying to get the first production off the line here. You know, I want to order some stuff. And so I took money from that in that way, um, delivered it really late in some <laughs> senses, but, um, but I got it done and made it happen. It's literally like, you don't know how you made that happen because, mm. um, yeah, but I think with enough intention, you can make anything happen and you just keep going. And every time you, you beat an obstacle, you, you kind of steal yourself for the next one and you just have that experience and you just kind of start to gather confidence like, well, nothing nothing can really beat us but yourself, you know? Like mm. that's that's a, that's how it is. So yeah. Action built confidence as well. And when you did that first collection, was it a collection? Um, was it, it was a- uh, like... I had done some leather stuff prior to this and I went over there and I sold that stuff and um but that was kind of I didn't feel like that stuff was something that could sustain a business for me cuz making a leather jacket was um quite expensive cuz the leather mm. you know you're talking a few hundred dollars for leather and then making it like another 600 dollars or something so you're already like yeah your your margins are on the floor yeah and then you got to sell it for couple grand to make money and then who there's not i mean there's a client for it but there's not a large amount of people that can that are buying that so for me i created uh like a, a line that was like t-shirts and sweats and stuff like that um something that was more attainable and more everyday wear and that was a successful thing that we did and that um that was that was when i called it nomadic um, back in the day by daniel patrick and then eventually kind of blurred the lines and be- then it became Daniel Patrick and as a whole thing. And yeah, so then, yeah, that was, that was like, people still ask for nomadic. They're like, bring back nomadic. And I'm always like, well, there's the DNA of nomadic is in the stuff that we're doing. And that's, you know, the idea of like the basics and stuff we do now. It's, it is based on that. It, it is a different aesthetic to, to where we started, but um, I think the evolution has been um, organic, and I like where we're going with things too. So, yeah. yeah. Were you heavy ho- um, heavy retail focus early days because it yeah. wouldn't have been much online, or would have just been starting around that period? Instagram kind of started around then, so yeah. that was a big thing to be able to reach customers and and sell to them and all that. Um, but I I remember I did consignment in uh, <laughs> a worst. few a few stores in LA. It's it isn't great, but at that time. Uh, you know, it was a regular check coming in and then um, it got – the stylists were shopping at those stores so it basically got your clothes on um, – so, or stylists and celebrities would stop shop at those stores and that, that would be how you get clothes on people. And, you know, so a lot of the time, um, you know, p- people probably think that we pay people to wear the clothes but a lot of people are buying it, um, you know, these athletes and whatnot and they have, they have their own stylists and – whether it's for the stylist or them personally, um, they're buying it. And, and I, I think that's good because it shows they really like the brand. Cause if you're going to buy something, um, you appreciate it more and you obviously like it, you know, mm, uh, and you can build that relationship. And that's something that I've only noticed, you know, the last couple of years, but the bigger the athlete, you know, obviously the more money they've got, but they do invest a lot of money into their appearance and their attire and what they wear. And they actually then what, instead of going out and buying it, they just, they just go get a personal stylist, don't yeah. they? So how important is that relationship, not only with the athletes, but with those stylists for you? Yeah, it's pretty important. Um, 
you know, so you kind of build that over time because um, they're the ones that are putting putting the stuff on on the athlete, you know. So if you have a good relationship with them, you know, they're obviously they're going to come back to you and and they're going to they're going to put you on basically, you know. So th- it is good to have a good relationship with the stylist and and try to do your best for them and yeah. So yeah. Yeah. now back to the, when you you've done your first, you know, you've done your first collection. Um, when you did your first collection, you're doing this out of the house, like you're not, you wouldn't have had a store by then or did you have the store? What, so give me the, we what did the business in, look like? We were in an apartment in West Hollywood and I just remember, um, like we just run everything out of there at the time. I actually, I man, I managed the building, so we had cheaper rent. That's great. Um, so I managed the building and then my wife was in casting, um, at the time and then she, started helping me like, you know, around that time as well. And then she got out of casting. So she would cast like movies and stuff for Tyler Perry. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So that, yeah. So she came out of that and started doing the fashion thing with me um, and kind of never looked back. So yeah, our, like I would have to kind of, um, kind of make shift the, the clothes off like on the couch. They were folded and that was where the stock was to kind of, um, you know, at nighttime you to get a spot to to watch TV, <laughs> <laughs> to just close everywhere. Yeah, it was it was neat, but it was like it was just you know a lot. And it's that like was, your pick and pack center. Yeah. Um, so I remember that they had a um, so we would kind of wash the garments to kind of um, pre shrink them and whatnot. And there was a, um, a laundry room in the building, um, and so I, I would go. I would have coins and. I'd be down in the laundry room, changing them out, putting them in the laundry, <laughs> and then putting them in the dry, like from like washer to the dryer. Um, and yeah, I would always just have a stack of coins with me. And then you weren't supposed to run the um, like the machines to a certain hour, but I would run them all night long. And um, I was like, no one said anything, but I was, I was, I was like, I'm the manager. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> incremental gains, man. It's the athlete coming out. Of you yeah. got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it's impressive. And everyone starts, you know, whether it's out of your car, out of your, you know, out of your garage, out of your apartment. Everyone does it, and that's why it's good to hear. You know, everyone knows where you are now, but it's good to hear the story. When did you, um, when did you get the store? How old was the business, and what year was it when you when you moved into the Melrose Avenue? Uh, Melrose was a was a few years down the line because we first opened in downtown LA. Um, and so we opened there and we needed an office, I felt. And then I was like, well, we might as well open a store with an office, you know, so we just killed two birds with one stone. Um, but that must have been like 2013, 20, yeah, 2012, 20, no, that must have been 2013 that we opened that. Um, so we opened a store and, you know, did pretty well out of there because stylists and stuff and like customers were coming to my apartment in West Hollywood um, to buy stuff, pick stuff up and, and whatnot. Um, a little showroom type setup. Yeah. So I was like, and, and everything was produced downtown. So I was like, let's just get a, let's open it. And downtown at that time was gentrifying. Um, so, you know, we kind of, we were there early days. Um, so we opened up a store there and had the office. There was a loft that had the office and the downstairs was a store. Um, then we took more space in the building above it for like stock room. And then, um, you know, then eventually I think we opened a store in New York and then, then we opened another store. Oh, sorry. We opened a store on Melrose. That was a small store because we got wind that the building was going to like close down and, you know, be 
like the renovated. Oh. Um, so we, I was like, well, I'm not going to wait around for that to happen because I know that's coming. Um, so I opened the store on Melrose at that time. So then we had Melrose and we had the Soho store in New York. Um, and then, yeah, then eventually closed the Soho store. Um, it was just kind of hard to manage, like kind of, it was more like a staffing issue because um, it's hard to manage people across country. We found at the time when we were being like a small business, it was um, probably in over our heads at that time because the rent was 25 grand a month. Jesus. Um, you know, and then you got got to pay staff. like staff wages, you know, before you make any money, you're paying 25 grand plus wages and just, and more on top of that other little fees here and there. And it probably costs us a hundred grand to, to deck out the space too, you know, so you're kind of in it for a lot before you start making anything on that one. Um, but that store was good and it was great and it was a kind of a dream to be in New York. So I definitely want to do that again at some point at the right time. Um, but yeah, we just kind of focused on um, having a flagship in LA. It was just kind of the easier thing for us to manage. And so we, we got a bigger store in LA now um, on Melrose that was two doors down from our smaller store. And then, yeah, so that that's that's a cool spot. Um, it's a very cool spot. Yeah, you've been there? Yeah, I've yeah. walked past there before and been in there. I've, yeah. been, in, I've been in LA four, four or five times. Yeah. We always go down Murrows and pop into that store yeah. and all the vintage stores. And yeah. that, that strip's just, I named a pair of sunglasses after Melrose. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. That's why they're called Melrose. It's just, a, it's a beautiful street. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously Rodeo. That's very like luxury, but I, I like Melrose personally yeah, better. I like Melrose because it kind of, um, when I first started, like when I first went to LA, that was the first kind of place that I shop was on Melrose. And then kind of reminds me of the Entourage days, you know, yep. with um, the Fred Siegel, right, like right by our store with the, you know, how it's kind of covered in all the the green, um, I guess, bushes on the outside. And like, is that Earth Cafe? Is it, They used to go there all the time on Entourage. They used Entourage. to go there. Is that, near, on, is that near Melrose? That's on Melrose. Yeah, because um, I used to but, walk there. But from, much further down than, than where we are. We stayed at the SLS um, and we had a – uh, when I was with Harry and Tim recently, when I say recently, it was before yeah. COVID. Yeah. We stayed in West Hollywood, but at the SLS. Um, but we, yeah, no, nah, not at the SLS. We had an Airbnb that time, okay. just around the corner. But I remember Earth Cafe. We just when when I first went to LA, we're like, we got to go there. Like yeah. this is the entourage spot. This is where it's all happening. Yeah, just tick it off the bucket list. Yeah, uh, it's such a cool little you know strip. Yeah, I mean that was a great show too. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. best. They, they, they bring. They might be bringing something back as well. The uh, I saw, but yeah, well they're doing something. But um, yeah. The, the, Melrose Avenue is a very attractive, you know, spot. You would have iconic. Yeah. It's iconic. So when you've moved, you know, when, I want to speak a bit more early days before we get to now. But what was that moment where you saw, you know, you, you're still new, you're an, you're an Aussie, your dreams are the American kind of athletes and celebrities. Like, was there a, was there a moment where someone walked in and you still remember it and go, wow? Was there like a person that just really got you a bit starstruck? I remember. Um, well. I've met a few people, obviously, um, but I don't know, I kind of, I like meeting all those guys, you know, because they're all big names to me and, you know, um, kind of global names too, you know. Big names. So, like, we met with James Harden. Um, we worked together with um, on an Adidas collection and I remember the meeting that we had with that, that was, was in Salt Lake City because they were there playing the jazz when he was with the Rockets and we flew in for the day just to have this meeting and, you know, Salt Lake City is only an hour from LA, which is really cool. Um, so that was a good meeting and, you know, he kind of 
you know, the people at, at Adidas were saying that he's never been so engaged and so in, like enthused with, um, with the meetings, you know? Um, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know? So I guess he's, he's into what we're doing. Um, and he was, he was getting ready for a game too. So he was on the massage table kind of limbering up for like, he had his masseuse stretching him and all this stuff while we we're having this meeting. And, um, but it was really cool, you know, flying into Salt Lake City. It's kind of like, you know, you watch, you see the Bulls playing the Jazz back in the 90s and that's like, you know, and here we are like in that same city just for a meeting and kind of planning a collection with Adidas and James Harden. That was kind of a, a big moment um, for me. And then we launched it at the All-Star Weekend in Chicago, another place where I was like, as a kid, I'm like, man, I'd love to go to Chicago. And then that was kind of the first time I got to, actually that was the second time I went to Chicago, I went another time, but when it was the NFL draft. But yeah, that for me, it was like, well, this is just like bucket list, like you say, you know, bucket list items, you know, being ticked off, you That's, know, going to the United Center. Yeah. so It's crazy. I mean, yeah. that was another one I was going to ask down there, Trevor. We might as well talk about it yeah. now. That that collection with Adidas and James Harden, it looks so it looks so good. Well done, mate. It, yeah. um, it must have been a cool experience. You just touched on that. So, James, the first meeting, because it would have been more than one, I would have thought, James Harden's on the massage table for an NBA <laughs> game and you rolled in with Adidas and your team and he's obviously in there because he's the poster boy. Yeah. And you're all discussing the plans for the collaboration. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah, we've sat around, um, you know, basically, I, I, you know, basically I was wearing some like acid wash pants and a bomber jacket and all that stuff and he'd just be like, and just be like, Oh, I love those pants, you know. I like a jacket, like like all the stuff that I was wearing. So then we kind of like, well, let's make a, you know, let's start with that, you know. So we went into that. So he just was really excited about working with me, and you know, it's kind of humbling um, to have that, have someone like him excited to work with me because he's a he's a he's a bit of a fashion icon, you know, and mm. and and a great like you know, one of the best um, scorers in the in the NBA history, you know. So it's kind of like. Um, to work with him was like, you know, dream come true. Work with Adidas, another dream come true because I grew up kind of idolizing, you know, a lot of my favorite athletes were Adidas athletes like David Beckham, um, Brad Fittler, you know, in the rugby league sense, um, Zidane, you know, I mean, mostly yeah. in the in the football sense because I was big on the on the soccer boots and that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to to work and obviously in the NBA to work with that, that was cool. You know, That's so, so cool, yeah. man. And in that meeting, without giving away stuff that you can't but what was something well, that, was that popped up so that stuff's all come that stuff's all been released, yeah no it's been know? released but yeah. was there any like was there anything there where you just remember that was really cool where the, the the whole um collaboration pivoted because of maybe something james said or you said well we didn't really have a direction for the collaboration but you know from the pants that i was wearing in the meeting they became a a pant in the collection and it became a focal point for um for the shoe too like um i remember the sole of the shoe that same acid wash was like was underneath the sole and it was the lining of the shoe you know so like we just took a lot of things that that he liked about what i was doing and we've kind of you know brought that into we did that in a in a new way in a in an for the collaboration, so that's so yeah, cool. So. Hey, it must be so rewarding having someone like him um, join into the, the collaboration like that. Are you and James really good friends now? You catch up a fair bit, or is it still is it kind of business that kind of stuff? Um, I don't know if we're like you know super tight friends where we, where we hang out with each other all the time, but you know we're 
definitely friends and um yeah we haven't caught up for a while obviously there's been COVID and whatnot and um but we we stay in touch from time like i've texted him from time to time and um i stay in touch with uh, his manager who's um who's one of his one of the guys he grew up with um so he's now his manager and you know we send him stuff from time to time just because you know we're work together so it's kind of um yeah, so we have a good history together, um, and I liked working with him, and I like his style, so yeah. Yeah, 100%. That collaboration together, was that one of the most successful campaigns you've done so far? Oh, for sure. You know, because we did, um, we launched that at the All-Star Weekend, and yeah, we sold a lot of shoes. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Um, sold a lot of clothes, and yeah, it did really well. And, and then we also had a video, like, play in the Staples Center during the Rockets when he was playing with the Rockets and the, the Rockets and the Lakers. Um, yeah, so we played this. We had on the big screen in the, you know, an, Adi, uh, an Adidas Daniel Patrick ad play in the Staples Center. That was literally the last thing we did before COVID was that game at the Staples Center. Um, but that was cool. You know, we got after the game, got to catch up with James, got yeah. to uh, meet Lakers players and whatnot. And so cool, man. Just chatting to them and yeah, it was cool. It was big. I got a mate, Jakey McBean, big shout out, but Beano works at Adidas yeah. and he's a good mate of ours. And I remember him, I said to him, how's your day been, mate? And he goes, it's going well, mate. We've got this huge collaboration coming. I can't tell you about it. And yeah. Eventually it come out. I remember messaging him saying, mate, this is fucking sick. Is he, is he um, Adidas in America? No, nah, he's in Australia. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he works down here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he showed me all the stuff when it oh, came cool. out and it was, yeah, mate, he's nailed it. So yeah. well done. Oh, awesome. Thanks. Now with the sport, are you, uh, do you go for any of the NFL teams or the NBA teams or you just kind of support all of the players that you know? So that's the thing. I'm like, I try to like find a team for myself and, you know, obviously I live in LA and I've been living there for 11 years and um, I just found it. I just like following players and I've always kind of been that way. Like, you know, when I follow, like, I supported Man United because of David Beckham. When he went to Real Madrid, I go for David Beckham. So you know, go for Real Madrid. Goes to LA Galaxy. You know, so I, I kind of been that way that I that I follow the players that I like. Um, you know, like a James Harden or something like that. Um, it's kind of you, you kind of remain impartial to a degree then because you're working with all these guys. Mm. So it's not like you're like, yeah, let's go, and then they see you, and then the next day, yeah, let's go Miami. But like, but. I, I still I want all their teams to win all the guys that I work with because you know you, you you have a you have an affinity for the guy and you want him to do well um, but I guess it's hard because not everyone can win um, you know there's only one team at the end of the day that can win mm-hmm. um, but yeah like I said I I have a I have an affinity for the players and then I gain an affinity for their team and you know but you know you know how it is in American sport. They may not be at that team the next year. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of there is a lot of movement, and that's where it's it's a business. It yeah. is a business, yeah. and as an NFL fan, I mean, I'm wearing the Jets right now. Eric Decker, go. shout out, uh, yeah. mates of his, he got me this jacket. But I, I tend to like the Baltimore Ravens. But okay. geez, I do, I yeah. do support a lot of players. I love yeah. watching. I like watching. I'm a bit like you. I don't really have the softest spot for one team. I love watching them all, and yeah. you wish them. You just want quality football and NBA. Really, by the end of the End of the year, you always pick one. I reckon the top four for me, but yeah, I, I'm the same as you. I don't, I don't have a team. I think I wanted Miami to win last year for the for the NBA, and then you know, obviously being in LA, 
you're happy to see the Rams do well. So, yeah. <laughs> so. you're good mate. Well, I've seen a few photos. Jimmy Butler, buckets. You, you, you guys get along well. I'd, yeah, must be pretty cool being, you know, mates with someone like him. And geez, isn't he just dominating at the moment? Yeah, he's doing great. You know, um, I wish, um, I wish he could have gone to the finals. You know, so close. Um, but you know, there's always next year. And he's a passionate guy. Um, very friendly. Like, just really took the care to show my family like a good time and. You know, the thing about him is like he's so – he basically – he's like he thanked me for giving him the opportunity to spend that time with my, with my family and that was kind of like you – know, like, you know, he's Jimmy Butler. He's like this big NBA star and he's thanking me for for meeting my family. He's just such a such a nice guy, you know. Um, so, yeah, he really showed us some nice hospitality when we went to Miami because we went to um, – we didn't even have tickets. We're going. We planned to go to the game, and you know, I said, um, yeah, you know, I texted him. I was like, I'm going to the game. You know, see, like we can catch up after. And then he called me up, like on the spot, was like, "You got tickets?" And I was like, "Well, not yet, but you know, we're going to get them." Um, and then he's like, "I got you four tickets there, um, courtside, um, but it's behind the scorers bench. You know, so you have a table in front of you." And I was like, "Well, I'll, you know, that's fine <laughs> with me." And then, and he's like, "Yeah, let me know after the game, oh, and I'll, my people will bring you back." And um, and you know, he did, and he got my son signed jersey, gave my daughter a signed pair of shoes. Um, you know, this was this, you know this was in COVID, so we couldn't couldn't really be too much um, too close at that time. But definitely, it was yeah, such a that's great experience. That's so cool, man. My son, you know, probably thinks that's um, normal now. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go, where's, yeah, I Cause, know. Because we did the same thing in Brooklyn um, with Kevin Durant, you know, because um, one of the coaches from the Brooklyn Nets is a friend of mine and, you know, we we kind of organized that because my son's a huge Kevin Durant fan, so we we basically made that happen for him too and that was like a big thing for him and um, – it's fun for me too, you know. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> oh, mate, father of the year, right yeah, here. He, exactly. he has he has Jimmy Bucket signed jerseys and and shoes, and then you got KD. It doesn't really get any better than that. Maybe yeah. LeBron James, and you've done the yeah, exactly. you've got the trio. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. Um, back to like when you back to when you uh, were launching the brand. It's obviously you know when you launch a brand, you do need to disrupt the market. You need to make a bit of noise. You need to get your name out there. Who was the first kind of celebrity that that wore your um you know like a Daniel Patrick collection and was spotted and you know a bit of you know. A bit of press about it. Was there anyone that kind of helped you get off the ground quicker? Justin Bieber was one. Wow. Um, he was big, so he was wearing our stuff from an early from an early time in the in the brand. Um, Will I am? Um, we've had a, a lot of like you've had heaps great moments where it's kind of like uh, oh wow that's cool you know like Beyonce wearing our pants or um, Cher even or Usher or. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz or, um, you know, all these, all these people wearing your stuff. Um, even Steven Tyler, like there's a lot of like, you know, just, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of people that you, you forget about and then, oh, you, know, you think about it over time. But Bieber was really big for us um, and drove a lot of, a lot of sales for us too. And um, around the world, like he's big in China and we blew up in China as a result of that. And um, yeah, so grateful for him rocking the brand, you know. Oh, <laughs> um, mate, it's that's yeah. grateful for anyone rocking it too. To be honest with you, like 100%. even not celebrities, you know, because the the celebrities are great, but you know the people, everyone, everyday people are are your customers and run, you know, 
determine your business. So exactly yeah. right. Every customer and yeah. anyone that supports you, it's, it means the world. Yeah. Having the store must be quite rewarding to be able to see face to face. I definitely think that, you know, I've got a sunglass brand, like I said to you earlier and, and it's online mainly, but yeah. you know, the dream for me is to plonk up in a, in a store that's maybe got a cafe next to it, but yeah. the face to face, you must love when people come in so you can have these conversations and, you know, tell them thank you and build relationships. Is that yeah. really important to you and Daniel Patrick, the brand? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not in the store a lot, but you know, when I do go there, um, I like to chat to customers and I don't know if they always know that I'm the They guy, should, surely. <laughs> sometimes maybe not, you know? Um, yeah. So... But yeah, I like chatting to customers and, you know, it kind of reminds me of when I used to work retail and that's cool. I just like talking to people, to be honest with you. Um, you know, so when we have different athletes come by the warehouse, um, you know, it's very cool to, we just chat and sometimes two hours goes by and you're like, man, we just chatted for two hours, you know, um, I got to go pick up my kids now because, you know, <laughs> um, and otherwise we would probably chat for another hour or so. Um, so yeah, those, those chats are really um uh rewarding i guess and yeah yeah i just like going for a coffee chatting with people um yeah so that's why i was even like oh we should make a show out of this um you know you with should. guys coming you know kind of like comedians in cars getting coffee but like yeah just just chatting with these guys about fashion and sports and you know what they're into off off the court or off the field um and you know kind of creating something for them and yeah it's a lot of fun i think you'd have a, a strong appetite from a lot of people to watch that stuff yeah. um, especially even behind the scenes of a brand like yours just on your brand now how many people are working um for daniel patrick we don't have a large team but um i, I feel like it's seven or eight people yep. um and i think that kind of surprises a lot of people because um they think oh we're a lot bigger in terms of how many staff we have um but i feel like the staff we do have um they wear a lot of hats and um, you know have to <laughs> yeah have to do a lot of things. So there's def there's definitely never a dull moment for them. <laughs> and you've got the down in downtown LA is yeah, the yeah. is where the factory is with all the stock. Uh, so we have a we have our HQ um, downtown, and then a couple floors down we have like a manufacturing facility. Um, it's not it's connected with us, um, but. I basically got the guy who was making our stuff to expand into that space and be right there. He's making all our stuff, making all our samples and whatnot. So it's just you have a, a new idea, you kind of just go downstairs and lay it down or you can go down and, oh, okay, there's this problem. Let's check this out. Let's, how are we going to do about this? Um, yeah. You know, just right downstairs. And, um, yeah, that's always handy to have that. And I think uh, a lot of people wish they could have that because – makes us nimble in the sense that we can turn stuff around really fast and we can make a small run or a large run, whichever kind of run we want to make and do a test run. And yeah. That is so, such a strength for the, for the brand. I must yeah. say you do release stuff quick. That's kind of a strength of yours, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, that's, um, that's been, that's how I like to do it, you know, cause I think the faster you are, you know, it just determines how well you're going to do. Um, and you, otherwise you get left in the dust with anything, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, you'd hate the sunglass industry, mate. You had three and a half months just to get them. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's without design and uh, samples and probably five months. So it's a yeah. nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to walk downstairs and go do this, print it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah some, I mean, some things are fast, some things take longer. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely we do have a good amount of product that we can push out like straight away. And that's kind of handy. Speaking of uh, wearing a lot of hats, how many hats are you wearing? 
Um, I do design, like creative direction, production. Um, you know, that's kind of my forte. So, so. the product is really your responsibility. You, yeah. You've got a team that can push it, sell it, you know, send it, pack it, whatever. But you're like, this is, I'm designing my own name, my own brand. This yeah. is what I'm accountable for. It's what I'm good at. Yeah. So I wear that. I wear those hats. And then obviously the founder hat, you know, kind of base of the brand doing stuff like this, um, being out there. Um, so that's another hat that, you know, that is a hat obviously. So you need to do, you need to wear that hat. Um, but yeah, those are my hats and, you know, that's what I like to do. I like to mostly just like to design and produce. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's my favorite thing to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's great. And in terms of like business stuff for people out there that want to start brands, are you quite balanced in, in like retail, wholesale and online? Or do you say that one's takes after, you know, takes the load? Um, so we were wholesale heavy before COVID and then we kind of, um, kind of pulled back our wholesale, um, for the last couple of years and we're kind of just starting to put that in again. Um, but that's been good cause we built, we built, a like just our e-commerce business and direct to consumer business. Um, and I think, you know, kind of having direct access to the customer is, is a good thing. So I, I probably, we were probably like 80% wholesale, 20% DTC. Now we're probably like majority DTC now. Um, and then we're going to pick back up with wholesale, you know, like next year. Um, so, you know, we're starting to reach back out to retailers and whatnot. And, um, yeah, we just, we, like COVID was a bit of a precarious situation in the world. You didn't know what store was going to go out of business and, mm. you know, the stores aren't going to be open. So I want to produce all this stuff and then they can't pay it and they don't take it. So, it was a bit of a rough time in that sense, um, but we still had a decent year in 2020. Um, so basically, my thing is like we want to balance it better and and have a more of a majority on DTC with select retail partners. Um, I think that's probably the way way to go for us. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's always changing, and you just always have to just observe what's working and what's not working, and um, just be willing to. You know, your plan's one thing, but one you gotta you gotta kind of move with how it's working. You mm. know, so it's like we might have one design that's doing well, but you kind of thought the other design was going to do well. Well, you kind of have to go with you know, yeah, <laughs> got to go with what's working. At least too. you can just you know print a few more. With yeah, exactly. Block yeah. next to you, which yeah. is so handy. Yeah. Just on the um, skews. How many skews have you got in your business now? I was on the website last know. night. I went. Yeah. How yeah. do you keep up? That's what I do. I mean, I just work on one thing at a time, and you know, the team before look you know it, before you know it, you have you have like a lot of different like you have a lot of skews, and I think um, I think as a as an artist, it's hard to edit. <laughs> um, you want to make everything, and and we got like a lot of things that are sampled that we haven't even released yet, and are coming down the pipeline. Like got denim, we got knitwear, and all these things, and I was like, oh, I want to do performance sportswear now, and uh, I definitely have a lot of ideas, which is like, it's good, you know, you don't want to stop that, but it can, you know, it's definitely overwhelming for my wife and, my team <laughs> yeah. and you know, sometimes myself too. I'm just like, oh, I got so many ideas that, you know, just like, yeah. I like you, mate. Sometimes yeah. they pop on the pillow and you're like, oh, write that down. It's, yeah, exactly. You know. That's the thing. You can only do so much with your team and your power. You, you yeah. know, you've got eight working for you. They can't keep up with your ideas sometimes. Yeah. And then also, you know, new product lines require capital you know because 
for fabric production, marketing, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, it's not easy, you know. Nah, yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, I wouldn't complain. As <laughs> one of the, you know, the leaders in the industry, what is your advice to young people out there on a campaign? Like, how would you say, the, what's the easy, what's the best um, way to execute a campaign with a new product, in your opinion? Um, throw it up on social. <laughs> um, social media. Well, social's, social has been big for us. Um, but yeah, I just like, I just keep it organic, you know, post something and gauge interest and then put it up online and then market it. And yeah, just if you have time to do a shoot, do a shoot. But I, I don't like, I like to get a bunch of stuff before I'm doing a, like a proper shoot and not just like, it's going to go and shoot. Yeah. whole campaign on one item. Um, That's good feedback though. That's yeah. good feedback. So instead of just, you know, getting it, thinking it's going to go off, do a campaign, then release it, you're saying put it out there, let the public decide what's hot, then shoot the one that is getting all the interest. Yeah. I mean, I just, um, yeah, if some, I just put something up and sometimes and just, you know, like a sample and- DMs go off. And then, yeah, so people start getting interested in it. They comment on it and um, they really want it. So- we just we're able to throw it up online and you know sometimes we cut a run of stuff and yeah we just we pre-order we we pre-sell it and um make it as we go along or yeah it just depends um whatever what what makes sense and every item is different um yeah mm. some some items we can do that with some we don't have the ability to do that with yeah we just yeah. can your team do small runs like you know five t-shirts and all that or do you never never it's do a bit that hard small? on that um some items we can like, because there's some items that don't require like, like dyeing or washing, um, like pre-washing, um, embroidery, printing, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, because some of our places have minimums, like the printing place, embroidery place has yeah. minimums. So, um, but there's other items where we can make a pair of shorts, and you know we have the fabric there, so we want to make five shorts. We can make five shorts, or yeah. That's sick. We want to make um, like Boban wants a the big want, boy. Yeah, he wants a jacket or something like that. Then I'm like, okay, we can cut it to his specifications where it's like, well, he needs a longer sleeve. He needs a longer in the body. Um, so we kind of just, we can cut those things, you know, for him and make it work just off the bat. And it's not easy, but we have the ability to do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Boban, he's a, I love watching his clips. He's, he's quite funny. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a character, man. He's a great personality and, you know, we've become friends and yeah. How big is his hand? You know, when you shake his hand, is it a massive it's hand? ginormous. <laughs> yeah. He's all, he, he's, he's a big guy, obviously. Um, seven foot three, he's the tallest guy I know. Uh, I met, um, second tallest guy I know is seven foot one. So. <laughs> Who's that? Um, Timofey Mozgov. He's a Russian. Yeah. Yeah. He used to play for the Lakers, played for Cavaliers. Um, yeah. So seven three. Won, a, won an NBA championship. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Seven three is a big boy. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. You you have the ability with your team to, I mean, I, I'd just say you know, a lot of these athletes, they are all massive guys. So your, yeah. does your range, you'd have like your, you know, how, how many XL are these boys? Like, what would Boban um, be? Boban's skinny and tall, though. Like, I mean, like skinny for proportionally. Um, so. So he's probably a two X with with length, you know. Yeah, I you know, get yeah. But like an NFL guy, maybe not as tall, but he's four X, you know, like because he's he's you know Wide, bigger guy, strong. wider, yeah. You know? So 
we offer four XL and those do really well for us. So yeah, so two, three, and four, um, those are you know popular sizes for us. And yeah, I don't know. It kind of um, become a little bit of a niche for us to do that kind of stuff. And yeah, we make um, custom shoes for Boban as well. So like I'm talking a size 56, which I think equates to a size 19, but it's really massive. It's like- It's a massive foot. Yeah. So like we have these shelves that you can fit two shoe boxes like back to back on and his one shoe fits on the one shelf <laughs> basically, you know, it's like two shoes to one. That's a big hoof. Yeah. Like even um, the factory when we made it, they had, they didn't have a shoe box big enough. So they, they, they taped two shoe boxes together. <laughs> <laughs> and one shoe and I thought it was cool. I was like, it's going to be cool. He's going to get this box of two shoe boxes together and left and right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was just like this tape box together. It looked like, Basically, you'd have a wedding dress as a, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. So it was really cool. And I was like, man, these look so awesome. Like, it's just, and I try to take a picture of it just to, just to kind of, um, but the, the picture doesn't really do it justice to how, how massive this shoe is. And, um, you got to send me that photo if you've got it. I'd love yeah. to, I'd love to put that on the big bow band. It was seven foot three, size 19. Yeah. One box for one shoe. That's, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. It's so, funny you mentioned that because I, I, as I said, I used to play footy with Aaron Sanderlands. I think he was seven foot. Okay. Wow. And he, yeah, same problem. Like he had to get custom shoes because footy boots are obviously different to basketball and that, but, um, yeah. he had to get custom shoes from America because nothing would fit him. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, Bit of a gift and a curse for those guys. It's a genuine market there, and yeah. if you if you're another business out there that want to look after them, there's a lot of them, especially Americans. There's so so many of them. Yeah, yeah, and these guys. Um, oh yeah, like I said, it, it is a gift and a curse because the gift is basically it's definitely beneficial for these guys in the sport of, that they're playing. You know, so um, but yeah, like a, the curse part is like being that big. You know, like I remember Shaq had to have a a Ferrari that has um, like a Custom made. Yeah, it's, and it's always, you can't have a roof on it because, you know, it doesn't fit in it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like Boban needs the um, the custom shoes. And, yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, kind of try to facilitate them and um, that's cool. give man. them the look that they want cause, and, and provide a service for them that they can't get elsewhere. You could almost do their whole closet, really, couldn't yeah, you? True. Yeah, yeah. And I like working with him and, you know, he's a fun guy and, if we ever did do a show, he'd definitely be one of the guys that have on. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. I see him yeah. pre-game. He's always doing stuff with Luca and that. He's, yeah. he's funny. He's a character, man. And you've seen him on the um, the movie Hustle. Yeah, oh, what a movie that yeah. is. Yeah, so he's on that, you know, yeah. 22. That's my son. Yeah. <laughs> he's 12. <laughs> yeah. he, mate, that, that's, that movie is very impressive. I saw Trey Young's in there. He, Trey Young wears your stuff. I saw him just he recently. He was wearing our Adidas hoodie like in the movie, yeah, in the movie. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah, so and you wouldn't have known that till the thing came out. No, yeah, I didn't. And I, my wife was um, watching it with me, you know, and then she fell asleep, and I was like, "It's like, hey, Trey Young's wearing a hoodie," and then so she was like trying to go find it and like take a picture of it. And, That's and so I, cool, yeah. man. That must be so rewarding when you see guys like that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's cool. It's the coolest yeah. part. Yeah. What about NFL? Now I'm a big NFL man. Tell me some names. I want you to name drop here, all right? We're we're gonna pretend we're you know we're very confident. We're not in Australia right now, being humble. I want you to just I was American aces. Yeah, I was American aces right here live with Daniel Patrick. Drop some names of NFL players. I love me wide receivers, obviously. Um, who who are the guys we're gonna see in Daniel Patrick um, this this season, and who's who wears your stuff regularly? Um, oh man, you put me on the spot here. I know, because you know, there's a lot. Um, there's heaps, and that's yeah. what I'm trying to get to the point of. But people need to listen; they need to know. Well, sometimes I, like, I don't know all the players that 
that are buying it because they're buying online and I'm like, you know, and I see the sizes and I'm like, oh, this guy has got to be a player. So I look up the name and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, uh, you know. So, um, but one of my favorite players um, is Travis Kelsey. Oh, yes. And I saw that. That's yeah. great style. Um, you guys yeah. look similar. On that side angle, there's a yeah. bit of a similarity there. Yeah, no, we're, um, <laughs> people said that before and I take that as a compliment, you know. Yeah, you know, rooster. Who wouldn't want to look like that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely, um, he's, a, he's, I just caught up with him in LA. Um, we like randomly bumped into each other at a, the Players Tribune um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I hadn't spoken, I, I hadn't seen him in person for a couple of years before that. So, um, probably reconnect with him for next season and, and hopefully do some stuff. Um, we'll see what happens on that end, but definitely a big fan of his work. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, put me on the spot here. Well, just on Travis, yeah. what you're thinking, yeah. Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends in the game and he is one of the most fashionable players in the whole competition. For so sure. he's just yeah. perfect to be rocking yeah. your brand. Yeah. Great person for that. Um, and he's funny as well. I've seen he's mocked up. He's cool as well. Yeah. he's And he's a great guy, man. So personable. And they all are, really. I know that people on the outside look. But when, you know, you see him down the car wash, he's he's in the community. He's a cool dude. They just need oh, yeah. to get more cameras on these blokes. Yeah, exactly. So another guy that should be on a show if we ever did one. <laughs> yeah, get him um, on. Boban and Kelsey so far, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, definitely, um, like, we're doing something with Brandon Marshall potentially, um, obviously. I am athlete. Yeah, he doesn't play, not playing anymore, but um, but definitely a legend, NFL legend. Um, and, you know, that group of, of people, um, what's the? Ocho. Ocho Cinco. He's yeah. so funny, man. You want yeah. to get a character, you got to get him on. I love the I am athlete crew. I saw that they kind of split up with the other crew as well. They're going to pivot, but... Brandon Marshall have followed because when Eric Decker looked after us at the Jets back in the day, yeah. him and so it was Brandon on one side and and obviously Dex on the other. So kind of followed Brandon's career to the end and then seen him do all the stuff he's doing in the media and he's yeah. a personality, mate. He's entertaining. He's doing great. You know, that like that I am athlete thing is a beast, you know. So their their content's amazing and you know, they're just they're just churning it out, you know. Mm. So So you're gonna potentially be on their show? Uh, I don't know about that, but if the opportunity arises, I definitely I'll jump at that. You know, so, yeah, yeah. I think I think we probably make that happen. Yeah, he's a yeah. Ocho. I mean, that show is great. Ocho, he, he's fucking. Yeah. He's one of the funniest folks <laughs> I've just watched. He's very entertaining, and he's worn our stuff for years. You know, they're like, um, yeah, like all the way back to when our stuff was different in style a little bit, you know, so he's been like a day one guy. There you go. Yeah. Now we get some questions from the Aces community and, and a big shout out to everyone that um that does write in because obviously the guests love it, I love it, and it does shape this little part. Yeah. Okay, a question's come in. What is the best advice you've ever received? Being interested in people instead of um, being interesting. You know what I mean? Like, um, yep. So it's kind of like you can be interesting, but – better to be interested and um i mean that kind of resonated with me because um you just see successful people are interested in other people and um de definitely if i'm trying to help people you know like with fashion and style and making them look better um you have to be interested in them and um it, more so than yourself <laughs> yeah it's yeah. man that's fantastic yes yeah. you're spot on that, that's awesome advice so thank you for sharing that yeah Great question, guys. Uh, now let's flip it. Let's flip it. What is the worst advice you've ever received? 
I don't usually like unsolicited advice. You know what I mean? If I ask you like for advice, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, you just have to take everything with a grain of salt too. You have to be like, and you just have to kind of be true to yourself and um, just be willing to look at another viewpoint, you know? It's like someone says something to you that you don't agree with, just, you know, take a second and be like, do I not agree with this? Or maybe let's have a look at it. Could it be workable? And, you know, you observe it. You, sorry, observe it. Um, observe it and just kind of, um, yeah, just just kind of weigh it and see, you know, oh, yeah, maybe that, maybe he's right, you know, maybe, uh, or, okay, I don't agree with that, you know, and, but yeah, at least you, you kind of evaluate whether that information was, um, was something to be discarded or maybe he has a point and you could, you could learn something and improve because, yeah, you're never going to improve if you're not willing to listen to anyone, you know, like, you know, you have a coach just like telling you what to do. Well, you know better, right? Yeah. Especially when you're young. We see those you athletes, don't we? We see those ones growing up. They're yeah. like, no, nah, no, nah, my way. And they don't progress or grow. You need to really open your ears and eyes and, yeah. and take it all on board. Yeah. Um, but you can't just, you can't just like blanketly discard everyone's advice and accept everyone's advice too, because, you know, you have to be able to differentiate like, okay, look at the source of the person is this person successful in what they're doing? And when they give you that advice, that person's worth listening to, you know, and do you still agree with that advice? Uh, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Or maybe it's someone else giving you advice, like someone on social media, and it's not someone that you should be taking advice from. But yeah, you, you should just be able to weigh up like, okay, this is good advice and this is bad advice. And um, yeah, that's just, yeah, yeah, that's essentially well said. It. Yeah. S- simply just filter it. Um, yeah, but be willing to look and see if there's something there, you know. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. If you could go back in time, would you change anything? And if you if you would, what would it be? If I could change anything. I don't think I would because you just have the journey obviously is the journey that you've taken and um you learn so much from that. So I don't, I wouldn't necessarily change anything. I think the best thing that I did was move to America um, for the brand and for myself personally. Cause, you know, I think you're in your environment at home, it's comfortable. And, you know, once you get out of your comfort zone, um, basically you can really find yourself. Um, and I was basically put in the deep end, going to America, um, no family over there. Um, and that was, I think that was the best thing I ever did because otherwise you just, you stay in your, the comforts of your environment, the comforts of your family, um, your mum doing your washing, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, it's kind of comfortable, you know, so, um, yeah. but you basically, you basically want to go beyond that comfort zone and, you know, be all the, like all the, stuck, stick yourself out there. Yeah. yeah. How difficult is it entering the luxury sportswear category? Um, I don't know if it's difficult. Obviously, you have established brands like Nike and stuff like that, um, and and Adidas, and but you're not necessarily competing with those brands either because you know it's more of a streetwear thing too. Um, 
but I think any business is 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 not easy. Like you always think it's going to be easier than what it is. You have to be prepared for it not being as easy and going as smoothly as you want. But don't start out with that kind of oh, this is going to go, you know, pear shaped, you know. But like just you have to be prepared that there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs and you just need to keep moving forward. James Jared McCousin has written in. He loves it, Jimmy. Sells shoes, resells them. He loves yeah. it, this blog. Uh, if you need a little, if you need someone to sell shoes down here, mate, this is your guy. Anyway, how long did it take you to plan the brand um, and, and how long did it take you to launch it once you'd planned the clothing? I mean, I was kind of planning it when I started going to school like like and started decided I want to do fashion. So like in 06, you know, but I think, um, you know, like, Sometimes it's the hardest thing is starting something and getting out of your own way to do that. Um, but once you just get going, um, it doesn't have to take long. You know, you can have a few ideas and, or even one idea and that those ideas kind of gather steam and kind of snowball into more. Um, so it took a few years for me to like kind of start. Um, but once you kind of get going, you know, it's just, yeah, it doesn't have to take long. Yeah. Are you suggesting for these younger guys that start to just get their designs and get all their planning done now and, you know, over time, but then when they execute it, where do they go? Like, what's your advice for them? Do they go source a factory? Yeah, you're going to need um, – well, it depends on the route you want to take because there's, there's opportunities to manufacture overseas. There's opportunities to manufacture locally depending on what resources you have available. Uh, we're kind of blessed in LA that – you can produce most, like 99% of our collection in LA. Um, I just like that because I can touch and feel the product. I can drive down, see the sample. We can make changes. And um, so that's always been what I like doing. Other companies, I mean, maybe that's not the easiest way to do it, but I just, I love that hands-on approach. And then you get that. And I think you experience that in the product when you get our product that it, that it has those details in it. It has that, that we've been hands-on with this thing. Um, but there's great products coming out from overseas. Uh, it just depends on the avenue you want to take. So whether you want to manufacture overseas or you want to do start to finish yourself, you have to find, you know, pattern maker, you have to find your fabric, you have to find your sample maker. Um, and then, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a loaded question because, yeah, yeah, it's obviously, but, yeah, it's great advice it's though. Quite, You've touched quite, on it all. Yeah, exactly. Is the term luxury clothing now obsolete with diminishing quality of manufacturing now from Ollie Hughes? Um, I don't believe so. You know, um, I think luxury clothing in a sense is, uh, it's just high quality, um, things that kind of last too, you know, it's, we live in a fast fashion environment where it's like the social media, you know, where the attention span is kind of smaller and, but we make a product that feels good, looks good and lasts, you know, and, um, yeah, you can wash and wear it hundreds of times and yeah, it's just a, it's just a kind of an elevated version of things. And, um, I don't know, I don't necessarily think it's obsolete in the sense that, um, you know, you have, you have high end brands and you have your fast, your fast fashion, like, H&M and Zara and stuff like that and if you touch and feel the product from both you definitely okay this is luxury this is not and you can tell the difference and 
um, it just depends what you're what you want. Like you can get, you can probably get the look you want that you know for a cheaper price, or you can invest in pieces and have things that are you know more select that you you know rather than just have stuff that you're going to throw away um, you know after a month or two. But just depends on obviously you know one's budget and um, how they like to do things, but. Yeah, <coughs> exactly right. Yeah. And you know, quality over quantity all day. Exactly. Because you want the pizza shop down the road, or you want toddies. You know, yeah. you're going to toddies all day of the week. Exactly. You know, because it's um, you buy you buy one of our hoodies. It's like it's gonna it's gonna last. Like it might cost more, but it it'll outlast five other hoodies or something. You know, so mm. it's kind of like yeah. yeah, yeah. Well said. Again, thank you to everyone that rode in. Now these are our last three segments. I've got you a a big shout out to Caps, the home of headwear. I've got you two caps. To the hat wearer, personally. I know, I know. I wasn't <laughs> sure if you would, but I got you two because I knew you loved both cities. But I thought, well, obviously, I'm from LA. LA, so, so LA's you. Yeah, um, pop that on, mate. Well, I got these two questions for you. Um, hopefully, it fits. Is it a bit tight? You could probably un- undo it. But um, the home of headwear, everyone. We've got a discount code Aces. So head online www.caps.com.au. That's caps with a Z, and use the discount code Aces. The home of headwear. Now, Daniel Patrick is in the building, and we have. Three more questions for the great man. These are our favorite segments at the end. Um, the Caps moment. The Caps moment is the greatest moment in your professional career, um, probably with your with your brand. If there would be two, I know there's a lot of moments, so people do struggle to identify one, but they do they do squeeze one out. What would be the one moment that's really changed your life um, for your brand? Um, for my brand, personally, I don't know. <laughs> Um, becoming American citizen was a big, big, big moment for me. Um, I know that kind of doesn't really relate to the brand, but, um, yeah, that was big. But for me, I don't know, I kind of keep going back to the Adidas collection that we did with James Harden. Um, but also doing the starter collection before that was a big thing because I grew up, you know, wanting a starter jacket and then, then being able to make our own starter jacket, and that was that was kind of a a big moment for us. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they made they're great moments. The yeah. caps moments with Daniel Patrick, the James Harden and Adidas collection, and the starter collection. Um, well said, well said. Yeah. American citizen as well. That wouldn't be wouldn't be easy to to get that, would it? Obviously, with the wife, uh, it would. Yeah, with the wife, it makes it easier. Um, Is that a big commitment? Were you were you ever thinking about coming back to Australia? I mean, I love Australia and I want to spend more time here and that's why, you know, why I'm out here. Um, and I haven't been back for eight years, so. It's a long time, isn't it? It's a long time. So I definitely consider myself an Aussie um, as, you know, but obviously I've adopted, you know, being an American as well. Um, but The hybrid model made it But you beautiful. can't, yeah, you can't, you can't really discount where you come from too because it's like, it's just so much a part of yeah. who you are, you know, because. Yeah. Yeah, I moved over there at 25, so I've had 25 years growing up in Australia and it's just it's a, it's a beautiful country, man, you know, to come from here and yeah, just to come it back is. and so clean and um you know, the great food, great people. Um yeah, it's just my family's here, so yeah. Well said it is. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Sometimes you need to leave Australia for a while to come back and realize how lucky we really are. Yeah. Um now this is the Caps clanger. This is the reverse. For some reason, everyone loves the negative, mate. But they all relate to the uh, the mistakes. We all make mistakes early days. What's been the biggest caps clanger for Daniel Patrick? 
I don't really. There's nothing that stands out that like wow that was a that was a flop, you know. Um, but definitely, I don't know. We made production like made errors in production, and you definitely just have to kind of uh, work out a way. There's always uh, my thing is that there's always a solution. So whatever the problem is, there's always a solution. So I always kind of try and turn those negatives into a positive. Um, so whether something comes out, okay, that didn't come out correct in in production. Uh, what are we going to do with it? We can't just can't just throw it away, you know. So we will make a new style out of it or something, you know. So um, I definitely, yeah, turn. Uh, you know, make lemonade out of lemons. I don't know. If yeah, I'm I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Though. Turn <laughs> negatives into a positive. Yeah. I like the way you think. We're all yeah. about positivity here at the Oz American Aces. Yeah. And uh, I love that. That's our first uh, caps clanger for someone to say we don't have clangers. We are always looking for solutions. Yeah. It is yeah. a solution based industry. Life is anyway. Well, that's what I say to my my team. I was like, I don't, I don't really care what the what like, I don't care whose mistake it was. I just want to. A, handle it, and B, find out how it happened so that it doesn't happen again. Like, so if everyone's like, no, it wasn't my fault, it wasn't my fault, it wasn't my fault, we're not going to get anywhere because I'm like, it's just as much my fault as it was their fault, you know, because I wasn't paying attention or, you know, or I let it, I wasn't like, I didn't pass on the details that they needed or something like that. So it's kind of like, but there's always a solution and, there's always, and you just have to make sure that doesn't happen again. You know, that's just, yeah. It's a great outlook and it's a great, um, it's a great leader. It'd be great to work with you. Yeah. Our last segment, Rick's in retirement. I got Jenny a pair of sunnies, awesome. so that's for her. Thank you. Um, and these are for you, mate. These are the Tribeca Gloss Black Sunrise. So they're named after a little place in New York, as you know. Awesome. So throw them on, mate. And this is our last with the segment. Hat on too? Yeah, you can take the hat off if you want so the sunnies stand yeah. out with that premium little haircut you've got. <laughs> the Rickson Retirement. Um, this is where, you know, Daniel Patrick's been purchased for billions of dollars, mate. You've you've originally from Australia in Sydney, Marrickville. Uh, you're living in LA. But you've obviously travelled around. Where would be the one place Daniel Patrick would like to retire in the Rick's Eyewear and why? I don't know if I want to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Loves it that much. Well, I don't know. I feel like I, like you have a good game that you're doing and um, you've always got to kind of have a game, you know, and being in retirement kind of takes away the game. But I definitely – I love living in L.A. Um, there's parts of L.A. that I love. Um, I don't know, Miami. <laughs> Miami's beautiful. Miami could be great. Um, maybe somewhere in Australia. Yeah. Uh, Sydney? Sydney. I like Sydney. Um, so there's a few options there, but you don't want to retire. It's another first. We've never had someone yeah. not want to retire, and that's a man that loves what he does, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Well, mate, to be honest, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. You literally landed this morning. You've come straight from a meeting to meet us. Um, I wish you nothing but success in the in the future. Yeah, thanks, sir. Um, I'll be in, I think I'll be in um, America in October. I'll keep you posted. Come by. We're going to go to Austin, I think. There's a few yeah. people going to the Austin City Limits. but I've never been to Austin. Haven't you? Yeah, I live so close and I'm like- you got to go. Yeah. I mean, I've only been there once, but it's- no, nah, people speak like, oh, wow, you got like, yeah. you have to go. Yeah, yeah. you got to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I literally thank you so much for your time. I wish you nothing but success. And thanks for sharing all these incredible insights for the Oz American Aces because people just yeah. love what you're doing. And it's, um, yeah, we've never had someone with a luxury sportswear brand. So it's- Yeah, thanks for having first. me. Yeah. No worries. Yeah.
Thanks for listening to another episode. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please feel free to hit us up on our social channels at Osmerican Aces. If you're entertained, inspired, or feel more educated, please share it with your friends and family because we appreciate the support. Righto, catch you on the next one.